God bless you, and what a joy it is for us to join together to study the Holy Word of God and to look into and study what God has left on record whereby we should live by. I'm so thankful to be saved and sanctified and filled with God's precious Holy Ghost. I have a mind to live for the Lord, and I trust that you do too. What a blessing it is to be in the land of the living on this day, for this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. What a blessing it is for us to study his word. And so we're going to move right in to the word of God. We're going to open up with the word of prayer. And we're believing that God is going to do something special for us through this word. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I thank you once again for how you blessed us and brought us to this point. God, I'm asking that as you will look upon us and strengthen us, grant us of your favor, and we shall forever give your name the praise, the glory and honor shall be thine. In Jesus' name we pray, thank God, amen. For our opening scripture, let us go to the 121st number of Psalm. I'm sure that you are familiar with the word of God in the 121st number of Psalm. It says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is the shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his holy word. Listen, I want to talk to you for a few minutes. I want to go with, I want you to go with me to the book of Ezra, the book of Ezra. In the book of Ezra, the first chapter and the first verse, it says, now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing, saying, thus saith king, Cyrus, king of Persia, the Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he hath charged me to build him an house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. I'm going to make a point here because many times people don't understand what they're dealing with when God starts speaking uh, to individuals to them and sisters, one thing you must note is that God is absolutely in control of everything. 
Here we have in this particular situation, situation where the Lord starts speaking to an unlikely person so that he can make sure that his will, uh, that his plan is executed, that it, everything comes uh, to fruition the way he said. Now, I want to go back and get a particular scripture that really speaks to God being in total control. In the book of, uh, uh, the book of Psalm, the 24th number of Psalm, and the first verse, you know, I like to, you know, a lot of times people say the 24th division of Psalm, and I don't know if that's an effort to just sound important or what, but there are only five divisions of Psalm, and uh, we deal with the 24th number of Psalm. There are only five divisions of Psalm. The, the book of Psalm is broke up into five books. And uh, when you say the 24th division of Psalm, there is no such Psalm. Uh, but the 24th number of Psalm, the 24th number of Psalm, and the first verse says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof the world and they that dwell therein. God is the creator and governor of this world. Uh, uh, it is uh, everything in this world belongs to God. It's his property. And uh, men may claim districts and kingdoms and, and property, but you must understand that everything they have belongs to God first. He has first lien, if you'll allow me to say it like that. You know, uh, when you go to buy property uh, uh, and, and you have to get a loan for it, you put down a, a, a down payment is what we call it, and then you finance the other. Uh, you finance the rest of it. When you finance the rest of the money, to buy this property, uh, the person who gives the money puts a lien on that property. So although you're saying it's yours, it actually belongs to the bank. Hear what I'm saying? It actually belongs to the lending institution that gave you the, uh, money to buy the property. In other words, you can't take that property that you've gotten a loan for and do whatever you want to do with it, go sell it. You must pay off. Hear what I'm saying. You must pay off the lending institution before that property can be disposed of. Now, say what you will, but uh, God is, has first lien on everything in this world. God is has the lien. He's the property owner. He is the owner of every single thing in this world. The, the, the soil, the soil that everything is on belongs to God. And so the Bible goes on to say, and the fullness, hallelujah, thereof. That means all its creatures, mm, every tree, Every plant, every shrub, the silver and the gold and the cattle on a thousand hills, everything belongs to God. Watch this. And they that dwell therein, every 
human being belongs to God. Now, so just who is exactly in charge? Well, that's what I want you to understand, that God is in control of everything. And God allows us to do certain things on our own, but he's only allowing it to happen. He, he, if God didn't want it to happen, and you got to understand what I'm saying, if God didn't want it to happen, he could stop it. And sometimes God allows some things to happen that he really doesn't want to happen, but he allows us to move on. Ezra, in the first chapter, in the first verse, the promise uh, 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 the Lord had spoken through Jeremiah was about to come true in King Cyrus' first year as the king of Persia. And uh, the Lord inspired the king. This is showing you that God is in control. The Lord inspired the king of Persia to make this announcement throughout his whole kingdom and then to put it in writing. It was God who did it. No one was over him telling him what to do. Nobody uh, had his his, his, his arm twisted behind his back. No human, that is. It was God that told him. God prodded the heart of Cyrus. Uh, in that, uh, in that uh, first chapter and first verse of uh, Ezra, the Bible speaks, uh, the interpretation of the Bible in the, is the message Bible. And it says in that book that God prodded Cyrus. God prodded Cyrus. In other words, it's very obvious that God is in charge. God has always been in charge and will always be in charge. Somebody do me a favor and put that on the screen and say God is in control. God is in control. It is God who, who turns and, and twists an individual to go in the way that he wants him to. God, it is God who prods, if you will, as the message Bible said, or inspires the, those people who are in charge to do his will. God allows things to happen until he's had enough. When he has enough, it is the Lord that directs men and women to do as he would have them to do. It was the Lord who stirred up the spirit of this king, Cyrus, inspiring him, hallelujah, with faith and prompting him to, to action on behalf of the people of God. You may say, I don't have anybody to help me, but let me tell you something. God can touch your boss's heart and all of a sudden, you'll find yourself in favor. You have no reason. How many times have you heard people say, you know, there were, I wasn't the most qualified to receive this job. There were people in front of me. And yet, somehow, God allowed man to skip over those who were in line, those who had been waiting for a particular position. It was God uh, who allowed the person in charge to skip over them and get you. 
It's only because God does what he wants to do. And who is going to check God? Somebody put on the screen, you can't check God. Mm -hmm. And so what happened here is that the people of Israel, the children of Israel, uh, needed some favors. They needed something to happen uh, uh, where they would get a break, if you will. God takes this Persian king. He, he, he touches his heart. He prods his heart. He, he, he turns his heart. He directs him in the way that will be beneficial to his people. Uh, I think that's a good place to praise him because when you start looking at who you are and, and, and what you are and what you've been involved in, you know you didn't have any reason to be where you are. You know that you didn't have any reason to receive what you're receiving. You know that you had no business getting the blessings of God as they have come upon you. But yet somehow and some way, God touched somebody's heart and somebody walked up to you and said, here, here's $100, go get you some gas. You didn't ask them. It was God prodding or touching the heart of somebody. You know, if you do right, God will put you in the minds of people. God uses people. We got to get this out of our mind and don't want to give people any credit. Watch what I'm getting ready to say. I know I'm, I might get some letters on this, but I'm going to say something. As you know, I'm not scared of you all. But yes, God uses people. But people say yes to God or in some cases they say yes to God and are willing to do what God would have them. So not only should you be thankful to God, but you should be thankful to individuals for allowing God to use them. Hallelujah. Uh, um, you know, I, I, rem I remember some years ago, I did a, a, a young lady a favor, and, uh, and uh, it was many years down the line, she was saying, and God did this, and God did this. But she failed to, rem to remember that I acquiesced and allowed God to use me. You see, and so you ought to recognize people who will acquiesce to the will of God. There were some people, you know, and people say it sometimes, you know, you too, you, you talk about people and you are too uh, uh, tributary to people who, uh, who have been in your life along the way. I'm thankful for people who allowed God to speak to them and they were obedient. I am thankful <coughs> that they said, yes, Lord, and I'm going to do this with Drew Sheard. I'm thankful and I'm not too proud to be thankful and show appreciation to the person that God used. Now, if they get the big head and all that, that's between them and God. But I'm thankful that they allowed God to speak to them and they were obedient and were able to use, um, excuse me, to be used by God. And so this, in, in, in my opinion, is very impressive to me. You know, because as I've, as I've uh, uh, noticed, even how the city of Jerusalem has advanced. 
uh, I, I, uh, some years ago. I'm going to Jerusalem later on this year, but some uh, years ago, I met the mayor of Jerusalem. And uh, Jerusalem, as some of you have heard me talk about it before, is number one in technology. Jerusalem is number one in technology for the world and number two in diamonds of the world. Listen to that combination. They are rich, praise God, and they are advancing the technology of our time. Now, the question arises, how did God prod Cyrus. Mm -hmm. It was through sacred scrolls. Consider this as a most likely probability. Daniel, the prophet, served faithfully in the courts of Babylon and had credible access to the throne. He would obviously be very familiar with scripture and seek every sensible opportunity to share God's word with those who are in leadership. My brothers and sisters, there's a lesson because even though Daniel was a young man, he had a conviction. And one of the problems that we find today is that people don't have a conviction. They'll lay down for anything. They'll take down for anything. But in fact, you need to understand why God has put his word in your path. It's so that you can develop a relationship with him and have a conviction about who God is. I don't care what man says. I don't care what man thinks. I don't care where he goes. You can't make me doubt my God. I know too much about him. I've had too many experiences with God. And so I have a conviction when you talk about God. I had a, uh, a politician called me the other day and they were talking about one of the pastors in uh, my jurisdiction that I preside over. And he was saying, well, you know, we can't have him saying that kind of stuff and we, you know, we need him to retract that. And I listened to him and I, I, after he got through talking to me, I told him, I said, he's not going to retract that because that's his conviction. See, my brothers and sisters, when you have a conviction, you don't care who comes against you. You stand on it. And then I went so far as to say, I don't know everything he said, but the basic foundation of what he said, I agree with it. You got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. Now, listen, as you know, Daniel was a very, very religious individual. And perhaps this is why so many Jewish boys are named after him today, because Daniel had a conviction, Daniel stood on his conviction and would not take down even though they threatened him about throwing him in the lion's den. They wanted to throw Daniel in the lion's den but it, and, and, and use that as a tool to get him to take down on his conviction. But Daniel said, oh no, I'm not taking down. How many of us 
have that kind of determination. Listen, you can, I, I, I was, uh, I, I hate to keep bringing up my personal life, but that's what I can talk about best. Amen. Watch this. I was in a, uh, I, I received a call yesterday and uh, some, uh, very, some very rich people, millionaires, they called and they said, we want you to come to this city. I'm not going to tell what city. We want you to come to this city, da-da-da-da-da. We want you to do this. We want you to uh, speak at this uh, 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 luncheon, and, and, and we're going to pay you a whole lot of money. They told me the amount I won't tell you because you may not be able to handle it. But they told me, I'm going to pay you a whole lot of money. And then I said, well, let me look at my calendar. And when I looked at the calendar, I had a commitment to be in another place. And then they said the next day, and I had a commitment to be in another place. And then the person that was talking to me said, are you going to turn down all of this money for that? Listen, see, you got to have a conviction about what you do. If you can be bought off, then you don't really have a conviction. You see, I made my word is my bond. I'm not going to call these people and say no because these people over here were going to pay me perhaps five times as much as these people. My word is there and they're depending on me. My brothers and sisters, we need more people of God to stand with a conviction. If you got a conviction, you can't be bought by Benjamins. Uh. You can't be bought by popularity. You can't be bought by fame. You must stand uh, and have uh, on your convictions. Daniel, go with me to Daniel, the first chapter and the 21st verse. Daniel, the first chapter and the 21st verse. And Daniel continued even unto the first year of King Cyprus. Daniel remained at the royal court until Cyrus, the emperor of Persia, conquered Babylon. Let's skip that over to the sixth chapter and the 28th verse. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus, the Persian. If God decides to bless you, Lord have mercy. I'm going to get happy off of this by myself. If God decides to bless you, he'll bless you under Obama and he'll bless you under Trump and he'll bless you under Biden. If God decides to bless you, don't let anybody tell you that your blessing is predicated on who's in the White House, who's in the State House, who's in the mayor's mansion. If God decides to bless you, God can, can, can supersede those persons of authority. Hallelujah. My blessings are not contingent upon who's in office. My blessings are contingent upon my relationship with God. I wish somebody would say hallelujah because you are not blessed. Hallelujah. Because of who's in the White House. You are blessed because your God sits on the throne. Uh, go with me. Let me tell you something. In that 28th verse of that sixth chapter of Daniel, Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius 
and Cyrus, not because of Darius or Cyrus, but because of God. Somebody type on the screen and say, it's God, it's God, it's God. Let's go to the 10th chapter of Daniel. Let's go to the 10th chapter of Daniel. In the 10th chapter of Daniel, starting at the first verse, it says, in the year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belshazzar. And the thing was true, but the time appointed was long, and he understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. In the third year <coughs> of Cyrus' reign, a, a message was revealed to Daniel. And, 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 and this message that was revealed was true, but the Bible says it was extremely hard to understand, but it was explained to Daniel in a vision because Daniel had a relationship with God and then God will reveal, hallelujah, God will reveal some things to you that the average person can't get. It's all about relationship. Hallelujah. God will reveal some things to you where people are trying to, 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 to be manipulative and whatnot. And if God reveal, he'll reveal some stuff to you where people are working behind your back. How you know I'm a living witness. God has done it to me repeatedly. He has shown me where people were working against me. And God will do the same thing for you if you'll just be faithful. Now, imagine how long Daniel must have waited for the moment when he could speak to Cyrus and tell him the words written by Isaiah the prophet uh, 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 almost 100 years before. Uh, words that prophesied about Cyrus himself by name. Now, how could that happen? Let me tell you how, and then I'm coming to a close, and then I'll finish this on Friday. But let me tell you how that happened. Because God is everywhere at the same time, God sees the past, what we call the past. He sees the present and then he sees the future all at the same time. There is nothing hid from God. So God could speak about Cyrus 100 years before Cyrus was ever born. And he could reveal to Daniel, this is 100 years before Daniel, but God revealed this to the prophet Isaiah what was going to happen with Cyrus 100 years before Cyrus was born, before Cyrus was even thought of, God revealed by, with specificity what was going to happen. What do you mean by specificity? God dealt with Isaiah and called Cyrus' name 100 years before he was born. And that's why it's so important that we value, hear what I'm getting ready to say, that we value prophecy. Uh, 
because God can speak into our lives things that we have no prior knowledge of. God is an awesome God. I feel like praising him there. It's things that you don't even know about. God can speak those things into your life. I'm coming back and I'm going to finish this, but imagine uh, uh, what must have happened in the heart of Cyrus when he heard these very words read from the sacred scroll. Now that's where I'm going to pick up. I'm going to pick up on Friday talking about the words that were prophesied uh, uh, about Cyrus 100 years before he was born. I know you want to hear it. You're going to come back. Tell a friend that they need to come back on Friday because I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you how awesome God is. You believe God is awesome, right? Just type on your screen, awesome, and put three exclamation marks behind it. That means awesome, 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 awesome. Hallelujah. God bless you, my brothers and sisters. I'm going to pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for how you've watched over us, how you've made ways. And now, dear Lord, I pray that we will not only be hearers of the word, but doers of the word as well. And we shall forever give your name the praise, the glory and honor shall be thine in Jesus' name. Thank God. Amen. Listen, I want you to sow into this ministry. Listen, you know that this word was rich and it blessed your heart. I want you to sow into this anointing. You can, I would that everyone would give at least a $10 seed. Get a $10 seed and sow it into this fertile, rich, anointed ground. Please do it now. Listen, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray that your seed will be blessed. You can, if you're going to mail it in, you can mail it in to Greater Emmanuel Institutional Church of God in Christ. That's at 19190 Schaefer Highway. Of course, that's Bishop J. Drew Sheard Boulevard, Detroit, Michigan, 48235. Or you can give at PayPal, paypal at geikojic.org. Or you can go to Givelify, search for Greater Emmanuel Institutional Church, uh, and make sure you see our church logo. Or you can always give in Cash App, that's dollar sign, G-E-I-Kojic-1. Uh, or you can give uh, securely in our G-E-I app, or you can text to give at 28950. Type in G-E-I offer the space and the dollar amount and press in. Come on, be a blessing to this ministry. This, me this ministry is blessing you. Bless the ministry so that we can continue. I'm going to pray over your seed. Dear God, I thank you for my brother and my sister who are sowing into this fertile, rich, anointed ground. Bless them. Let these seeds that they're giving uh, be reciprocated not only for ministry, but for their personal sake. And we'll be so careful to give your name the praise. Glory and honor shall be thine in Jesus' name. Come on and say, here I go again, believing God. Come on, here I go again, believing God. Join me on Friday when I'm going to pick it up and say to you what Isaiah said 100 years before Daniel was even born to the king of, of Persia, Cyrus. And now may the grace of God, the sweet communion of the Holy Ghost, rest, rule, and abide henceforth now and forevermore. And we all said amen. God bless you, and I love you. 
with the love of the Lord.